0: Stevie you look so pretty yeah <laughs> you do you
1: look so pretty
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, the one pro about sleeping in your makeup which I did do last night don't tell anyone um is that when you wash your face in the morning it's like you feel extra clean hmm I should wash my face every morning this is out so. me for not doing <laughs> that if <laughs> I wash my face at night then I feel like I don't have to do it in the morning. But I do. Well,
1: you just use water in the morning.
0: Yeah. But, but... I did like a full skincare routine this morning <sighs> with like moisturizer. I know. Wow. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. So I like extra clean. How are you doing?
1: Doing so well. We're going over to my uncle's for um pasta. He makes sauce and pasta tonight. And I'm very excited.
0: I'm very excited too because I haven't had like a good like homemade Italian sauce in so long because my grandpa he had like a secret recipe and then he died and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> oh no. I know. So I'm, I'm very excited. How are you? I'm doing good. Great. Oh my god we saw Woody Harrelson yesterday on oh the street. <laughs> on Gay Street. On Gay Street. It wasn't actually. It was near Gay Street. It was near Gay Street. Woody Harrelson was not wearing a mask near Gay Street. That sounds yeah. like a clue from the game. It sounds like a card from the game Clue, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was cool. I saw him and I started just like smacking Emily's arm. She was like, What the fuck is wrong with you? And I couldn't think of I his was, name, like, so I had to pull over and Google it. Just my head in the clouds. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> He's cute. It's an energy. Anyways. Mm. Um. Should we do a little baby question since this episode is really hefty? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So somebody said, hi, if you're both comfortable with sharing the story, I'd love to hear about the time that you met each other in person. I imagine lots of hugs and squeezes and compliments being thrown at each other. Kisses.
1: What was it like the first time we met in person?
0: (laughs) It didn't feel weird.
1: It didn't feel weird. It just felt like I was coming to pick you up from the airport.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel like... Because we FaceTimed so often before that, it it didn't feel like I hadn't seen you in person. I think there was like a millisecond where I was like, whoa, like seeing a body in front of me. And then it went away and it was wholly comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then
1: Stevie went home and I cried for a whole 24 hours.
0: Yeah, that was really sad. I, I came out to visit. I came to New York to visit in October and stayed for like a week and a half. Um and Emily picked me up from the airport and brought me a little gift basket with socks and chocolates and we had little Halloween ears that we wore all week. <laughs> yeah, and then on the way to the uh Emily cried on the way home from the airport and then I had a mental breakdown a week later. <laughs> We were comfort, w- or I was comforted by the fact that driving home from the airport was probably
1: very um reminiscent of Jillian driving home from a
0: dropping piper office <laughs> cool. However you find comfort. <laughs> However you need to cope, you know? Yep. That was really sad though, leaving.
1: It was really, really sad. But now look at us.
0: Now look at us. Now we don't
1: have to leave. <laughs> we just kind of like, what did we do? We like watched our favorite we watched our favorite things we um went to go get donuts
0: we went on walks silly little strolls Silly little strolls it was it was so much fun it was so fun we went shopping we ate yummy food it was just very fun because we were able to like hang out and have uninterrupted time yeah i have to and then not have to be on a computer it was so fun and then it made picking you up from the airport when you came out before we drove so feel so good because i knew i wasn't gonna have to drop you back off
1: i know
0: that was the best feeling
1: that was fun
0: because when i left when i visited in october we hadn't had a plan to move yet i know so it was like well like an indefinite goodbye and that was so sad that was really sad but it was a blast and now look at us but then jillian anderson gave
1: us the idea to move to new york she and did. also to drive in a car across <laughs> state lines.
0: <laughs> and that was the most fun
1: I've maybe ever had. I think so. I, I agree. When I think back on driving cross country, I just get the warmest feeling. I feel so safe. And I know me too. I can't wait to do it again. I know me either. If any of you can drive cross country, do, do it. it. Or if you can just take like a road trip across different across a couple different states yeah um europeans don't i don't want to hear it
0: i don't want to hear how close you are to everything that you can go to whole ass countries i know yeah this is all we
1: have okay
0: (laughs) all we have is driving through the south and stopping at sex shops okay (laughs) you
1: know going from arizona to new mexico and how different they are or or
0: north dakota and south dakota (laughs) (laughs) next time we'll do the dakotas but the moment that you picked me up from the airport, we just like squeezed. yeah, and squealed. I jumped into Stevie's arms. And that's it. And that's it. That's a little story. So thanks for the question. Yeah, I did you that was know interesting. Yeah, hope you enjoyed hearing our little anecdote. Um, did you know that in eleven days it'll be a one year from when you first messaged me? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was Wow, Isn't that crazy? wow we've almost been friends for a year (sighs) wow that year flew by i know how weird and at this point last year i definitely didn't think i'd be (sighs) living in new york
1: i thought maybe the
0: world would be (laughs) done (laughs) i know look at us and now look how long jillian anderson's hair is i know that's the biggest marker of time i think i think so too like sometimes I'm not sure time is passing, and then I see a picture of her hair, and I'm like, "Oh, it definitely is." <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> yeah. It's so long and beautiful. I know. I will say, I, when we were
1: when we were together the first time, um, Jillian did that que- that questionnaire. Hello, that <laughs> cute that interview with that guy, um, and she said that the fall season four was a possibility. Oh yeah disappointing so disappointing i mean who knows should we
0: get into the episode yeah let's do it all (laughs) right this is the last episode of season two hallelujah this is the longest season isn't it oh i don't know is it i just know that um People were saying that
1: like this was the season where they no one knew what they were doing and everyone was trying to figure out
0: what the show was gonna be (laughs) and so everything was just kind of all over the place. It's true. They're like, we have some long term plot. We have some monsters of the week, and now we're gonna do. They didn't have any fucking clue. No, they had no idea, and I don't think that that it ever came. (laughs) No, not really. Um, I feel like seasons three through five, they have a fair fairly solid format. Yeah. I don't really know what happens after season seven. So. Well,
1: here's the thing, right? Is that the our trusty uh, movie blog? Let me find it. But they basically had like a good. Um, they had a good point as to why so many people struggle with this plot long term so much.
0: Oh, enlighten me, please.
1: They said. <laughs> It's Chris Carter effectively killing the X-Files so that it might be reborn, burning the house down so he can build something new again. And the issue is that he does that too many times. Yeah. Like he does that at the end. They, they kind of went through. So they said like at the end of the first season they ended it in case they didn't get picked up. So it could have ended there and it could have mm. continued. But with this one, they knew that They had been picked up for season three and he still made it so that the series could have ended here
0: exactly and i feel like frequently i I talk about this a lot every time we talk about how fucked up the plots are but he like i think it's important as a storyteller to close some doors You cannot leave every option open. And that's, I think, what he tries to do with literally every plot. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just shut some. Just make some actual choices. Well, the issue is, like, he
1: does, but he does that as, like, a means of suspense. And then he just brings it back as if his decision to close it never happened. That's true. Like, and I think that that's what they say when they mean when they say that, is that he, like, he kills off everything just to go back and build a new in yeah. whatever it might be the next season the next episode mm-hmm. like and then it just gets more and more muddied as the season goes on
0: it's true that's and a really mean, really good point
1: and you and I were talking about this the other day and I won't get into it too much now but it's like this is why some of the characterizations of Mulder and Scully later on get are, are so confusing and are so out of character because ultimately in order to maintain the mythology he was making sacrifices in the integrity of the characters and who they truly were yeah and that's what that's what happens when you're constantly tearing things down and rebuilding them like
0: yeah he,
1: he was closing things without any intention like he wasn't doing that with any intention to solidify it or to make that a firm stance Exactly, you're absolutely correct in saying he never closed anything
0: with intent. Yeah, I think that's, I think the lack of intent is really significant. And also it's like you can't develop and build your characters when your priority is trying to do whatever you think the audience is wanting. Because when you're, you're never going to win because everybody's looking for something different. And especially, and I know that has to do with like a lot with network television, because you're catering to what the like network heads are wanting, but truly in storytelling, I think if you just focus on the integrity of the characters, like you said, then you're going to have a better plot that will please more people in the long run.
1: Yeah. Well, because it feels very much so like nothing is fact. (laughs) exactly the reason and and then and then any semblance of suspense or intrigue just goes out the window because when anything is possible like nothing that's happened prior to this moment matters
0: yeah, it's like when anything is possible, then nothing's possible because exactly. you will never take anything seriously. I already have trust issues. I don't <laughs> need you changing everything on me, Chris. Like The reason we started <laughs> this discussion,
1: not to get too much off into a tangent, but the reason we started that discussion was because we were saying how in the revival when Scully is in like that smart home – like Scully would never live in a house like that like ever in a million years. No. But like then that whole episode wouldn't have worked if she hadn't surrendered her life to the technologies of her home, which like Exactly.
0: is so silly. And so silly. the thought process is this plot would be interesting rather than would Scully do this. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because this fandom is one of um, people that really value and adore the characters. I think more than the actual creators and writers. Oh, totally. Yeah, like the it like Chris Carter at least seems very fascinated by the tropes that Mulder and Scully embody, and then the mythology and conspiracy that he can explore with the plot lines but like not actually in developing them as characters more as just them as archetypes that represent other things not as three-dimensional people or would it be four-dimensional what's fully dimensional (laughs) um i think three-dimensional yeah but the thing is is like you're
1: absolutely correct because there he he didn't like the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing
0: so it was like the
1: right hand was the development of or, or just the existence and characterization of Mulder and Scully and then the left hand was the, myth, the mythology and like there was no way he didn't know how those two things could coexist at the same time and so because of that you have completely out of character decisions completely out of character um, realities that grow over time and yeah along and- this like mythology arc
0: Exactly. I mean, the X-Files as a whole is a really good example of how you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's like you have to sacrifice some things in order to make it work in the long run. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can't, you can't have the mystery of not knowing if aliens exist when you're showing the aliens in addition to having like you can't ha- you can't maintain the tropes of the believer and the non-believer if you're also going to traumatize the non-believer with the thing that the believer believes in like w- like what exactly like exactly. yeah that- anyways so should we get into the episode i it's <laughs> uh, just whatever <laughs> a little little rant little rant this is going to be convoluted that's your warning
1: no but it is so it is it is true and i think that like the blog pointed that out really really well because that people have tried to put what's happened throughout the series throughout 11 seasons and two movies onto a plot onto a timeline and it's just impossible and you can't and that's sense. a
0: problem yeah like, you should that should be the thing that you can do you should be able to break down your story into the major plot points anyway so this is <laughs> Anasazi um, my first note is oh God long-term plot help
1: yeah what did some someone said that this was um, like one of the most jam-packed episodes plot wise
0: a lot happens I'm- yeah. I really tried to be concise but I don't know how well I did so it's okay we'll see okay so I said so we open on a Navajo reservation in New Mexico <laughs> here we go. Um, there's a boy sleeping, there's an intense earthquake, um, that's it, and then the next morning we see that boy leaving, he walks past what looks like his father and grandfather on the way to go out riding his motorbike, um, and just as he's about to be out the door, his grandfather tells him to leave the snakes alone today because, um, they'll be angry and afraid. I like that they
1: hire, um, actual Native American actors to do these parts, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't really like how they seem to consistently co-op and use indigenous cultures in a way that serves their plot and not in a way that celebrates or, like, accurately portrays indigenous culture mm-hmm. like we saw in Shapes. Yep. Um, and it's like, they don't necessarily explicitly disrespect it, but it does feel, like, fetishize in... Because they do bring up valid aggressions and oppressive forces that Native Americans um, and indigenous populations have faced at the hands of the U.S. government. But that isn't like the main trauma. That isn't the main narrative. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a deep trauma, like the fact that that's somehow circumvented by a white man getting to be the hero when he gets to the truth, and like him uncovering all these wrongs in the process is like just for emotional appeal. Yeah. That feels wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. And, like,
1: it definitely gets worse as the series progresses when they just start, they keep using um, indigenous themes, but they just stop hiring indigenous actors and they literally just hire white actors, like towards yeah. um, season eight. Maybe mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine are all in one temple. All in my head. Even now, it's like it's it's the same thing where it's accurate but unintentional. And I think like the bringing up of the accurate aggressions and the accurate oppressions is almost as disrespectful as the inaccurate portrayal of these cultures. Like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like mm-hmm. the way that there is a box car in the middle of this. Like what we end up finding out, the fact that there's some government secret in the middle of native land that is very real whether that be like through drilling mm-hmm. or pipelines yeah. or, or whatever it is like that is very real and to just like drop that and be like no like this is an issue like this is real and like we're all like the collective plot is that we're anti-us government but then like not go any further than that and just like drop it as like exactly. a little token oppression
0: on Mulder's journey to finding the truth that's mm-hmm. in that exactly it's about how it's about how every other oppression affects Mulder specifically exactly and I think my biggest note about this is because both of these actors maybe just the the grandfather were was in the episode shapes and then the woman later and the the other Native American actress was also in shapes um Gwen. yeah Gwen it was her um and it's like I'm happy that they're using actual Native American actors and that they're getting work and repeated work. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, how dehumanizing to be on the same show over and over but not be valued enough to have a recurring character. Okay, like, I, I have a note about that later because
1: Scully um, says, she, she references Gwen, but she just says a woman from the government or something like that. And I was like, okay, wait, so did she not? because it's very clearly Gwen
0: but I don't think they're putting her as the same
1: woman I think it's somebody else which is just horrible I was I I said I was like is that because like that was just a little fun thing for the audience to be like oh my god like it's Gwen she's doing really well yay for her or was it because Scully was like oh Mulder won't remember who she is and that was just like meant to be a little moment between her and Scully or was it because the writers were like, no, like, we can just use the same actors. No one will remember that they actually had names and separate mm-hmm. storylines. And unfortunately, I feel like it's the latter. Now that we're talking about it, I also feel.
0: Well, you know way. what? We could figure out because we can see what her character name was billed as. She was billed as Gwen. Ooh. Yes, I'll look it up right now.
1: But even so, the, the not acknowledging that. Yes, 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 exactly. is still bad.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, she was billed as a different character name perfect so that is so sick they truly they're like oh i mean so it's like yay that they're at least not using white people but like just to have them come on and play different characters as if nobody will remember like and not putting any effort to disguise them so um okay so his grandfather tells him to leave the snakes alone because they'll be angry and afraid so because of the earthquake and something's happening um the kid his name is eric he just kind of shrugs and leaves and after he's gone um who i think is his father asks the grandfather like what's up and he says the earth has a secret it needs to tell so there's clearly some shit going down but we don't really know what it is so we see eric riding his motorcycle up a very precarious looking mountain that really stressed me out um but the green screen in the background is stunning
1: See, I thought the same thing, but then when you, like, focus on his head, it looks really bad.
0: (laughs) If if you just, like, look from far away, and if you have bad eyesight like I do, looks great. Color is so satisfying. So, um, Eric looks over the edge, and he sees what looks like a kind of ship or, like, craft buried in the ground. Um, and so he brings something back to his family and shows them, and the grandfather is like, this needs to be returned. They will be coming, um, and while the kid is looking really puzzled, the camera pans down and we see that it's like some kind of alien looking skeleton. So then it's the theme song and then cut to Delaware the next day. So some dude is trying to hack into something and he suddenly gets access and he's really excited and sweaty about it. I really don't <laughs> Um, he, he was like drenched. Um, he, and, and then he uploads whatever he hacked into onto a tape. So then cut to the United Nations building in New York. Rock on. Um, And and some Italian man in a fancy office is (laughs) doing work. Another Italian man comes in and tells the one at the desk that someone broke into the MJ documents. Um, And then I wrote in parentheses, can you tell I have no idea what the function of the United Nations building is or what these (laughs) people do? Because I don't. I said I have big tits. I never said I had a big brain. But you do. Not when it comes to this stuff. That's okay. okay. I couldn't care less. Um, so they're real panicked over the fact that these MJ documents have been hacked. Michael, and I just keep thinking Michael the Jackson Michael Jackson documents. documents. <laughs> um, so they're worried about everyone's going to find out about Michael Jackson. <laughs> and so they call people from all over the world to tell them about it. Um, and so, some big wig guy from Germany calls Cigarette Smoking Man, um, and Cigarette Smoking Man's like, Bro, I've already taken care of it. And it really makes me laugh how often he's like, I have it handled, when he literally has never had anything handled, ever. Not once.
1: Every time this man comes on the screen, I just shudder. I just shudder. Like, my whole body just goes into fight or flight.
0: It. William B. Davis is a piece of shit. So, Comes, that's okay.
1: come to find out, it was for good reason. Yep.
0: Yeah. Your instincts but were correct.
1: Also, like, one, he's not a good actor, right? Let's just start there.
0: Let's just start there. He's the least intimidating supervillain I have ever seen. He isn't
1: like the evil man he's playing isn't even evil. He's just like goofy as hell. Like,
0: I he's know. not, it's he's a joke. not
1: evil. Um, and he's anti-girl boss, and he wrote an entire book about how Jillian was an unbearable bitch
0: because she played her music too loud and never talked to him. It was just really obvious that he was like, <laughs> she isn't nice enough to, like, she doesn't give me enough attention for my like, liking. sorry she played like, her Sarah McLaughlin album too loud. <laughs> also, women don't owe you shit, dude. No one owes you anything.
1: It's just this... It was so clearly a projection of, like... um, Because he also said, you know, I don't really like her. I'm sure David doesn't like her. It's like, my guy, no one gives a shit, okay? No one cares if you don't like her. But it is just absolutely, like, um, him comparing her to Anne Hathaway. Being like, Anne Hathaway was so sweet. And she talked to me like we'd known each other forever. Jillian never asked me how I
0: was, like, okay. No one owes you anything, literally anything, but especially women. And it's like, Jillian had to work with you on a daily basis in a really toxic, fully male environment while she was trying to raise her child. Um, Anne Hathaway is a very well-to-do movie star who had to deal with you for maybe a day on set.
1: Literally. And it's just, it's it's so telling. It's the fact, it's just the... It's the unspoken socialization that, like, it's a woman's job to make everyone else in the room feel as comfortable as possible. Exactly. And the fact that she didn't go out of her way to be cordial with him or say hi to him or interact with him in any way that he was not entitled to, therefore she is not easy to work with and she's arrogant and... Um, disrespectful and has a huge ego well
0: it's like this whole story would have like me reading this story being a fan of hers probably would have bothered me quite a few years ago because i remember being young i loved lucille ball when i was little i think i've talked about that before um and i remember i don't remember who it was but it was some man who told me that oh yeah she was a real bitch like Mm-mm. she was not nice and I and I was so upset by that I was like yeah you say that about her you don't even know her and I was like she doesn't seem like she's a bitch and then I got older and I was like oh that means that she was fucking rad like that Literally. means that she was badass and just didn't go out of her way to make men feel comfortable.
1: Well, and it's also like she was, which we've said, but it's also like Jillian was raising a child. Whether or not you felt comfortable in her presence as her coworker was not her responsibility.
0: Exactly. And but why it, do you care enough to write about it years later?
1: In a book. And then just the obviously gross aspect of him commenting on Jillian and David's relationship and trying to presume what was happening there and act as if you were some insider in a relationship between david and and julian which is just yeah. so unsettling all yeah. around Completely. Um, and then the other thing which is like he he seems to make it to make it out that david was just as unbearable as julian in terms of professionalism And yet he cites many more examples of of how just just how unbearable Jillian was than than David. And even seems to make an excuse for David at one point.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's the boys club, baby.
1: But then it's the same thing of like, um, so he wrote that um, an AD said that she was, quote, always a sweetheart. And then he said that he didn't find that. So therefore, it's not true
0: like what the fuck
1: um
0: it's like joe Schmo on the street that i don't smile at when i walk by I could be like wow what a fucking bitch doesn't mean i'm not a nice person because you say i'm lovely hmm william
1: well it's the same thing as like cops right it's like just because you know one good cop or you've had good experiences with every cop you've encountered doesn't mean that we shouldn't defund the police <laughs> It doesn't mean that there is systemic racism. Exactly. But basically, the issue is that his, his feelings about her and his behavior uh, manifested in a storyline. And, and that is problematic because we see the storyline play out in her character getting raped, medically raped. Him talking about how he, um, his character took her clothes off after she passed out because he drugged her um him drugging her in the first place her going out to dinner with him in probably the least amount of clothing we've ever seen Scully in sans like a medical shower mm-hmm. or a decontamination mm-hmm. shower and a shot of her bra which i'm just remembering yep and then admitting that he tried to write a scene where his character and Scully would have had to share a bed which is just like he's just a slimy and creepy and deplorable as the character he wrote
0: exactly and like the issue is is that when the average person has a bad opinion about somebody or is feeling some type of way it stops there but when white men in any kind of position of power have an opinion that turns it to it manifests in something it affects the people yeah. around them and it turns into a story that's told to millions of people yep so cut to a SWAT team breaking into the house of the sweaty kid who hacked into the Michael Jackson files, but nobody's there and they don't find anything.
1: It's, it's really funny to me that these, like, high-level criminals and conspirators would show up to kill someone unmarked in fucking, like, ill-fitting ski masks.
0: I know! It's so funny. Like, they
1: barely even fit over their head. Like, their so eye like, hole was, like, halfway on their eye.
0: I know. It's so, like, little boys playing dress-up. Totally. So finally, we transition to Washington D.C. It's the next day, um, and I recognize that sexy hand filling up a glass <laughs> of water is Moldy Boy in a tank top. I just, I'm sorry, I just want to be in a shitty apartment with him in the '90s with no AC. You know what I mean? Yeah, you picking up what I'm putting down. Like that's, I just yeah. want to, that's where I want to be. Like I close my eyes and that's my happy place.
1: That's what I want for you more than anything.
0: Thank you. More, if I
1: could transport you there, I would do
0: it in a heartbeat. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, Mulder's taking pills. Or I'm really feral this whole episode. My notes are That's really. That's okay. And, and I, I apologize now. Um, don't, hey, don't apologize. Thank you all for putting for up that. with my straight nonsense. No. So, stop <laughs> it. No. Do
1: not apologize. This is all about
0: you. Let's fucking go. So Mulder's taking pills or something. There's um, a very incessant banging on his door. It's me. I'm kidding. It's the Three Stooges. Um, which I would just like to say also, I love how he didn't even bat an eye
1: at someone pounding on his door in the middle of the night. I
0: know. He's like, like who could it be?
1: Play If I Were a Boy by Beyonce. <laughs> That's <Alexa>. so funny.
0: <laughs> no fear in his eyes. He's like, eh, what's that? If that happened to me during the day, I would shit myself. Oh my God. I would. (laughs) I
1: have so many experiences of leaving my house because I thought someone was trying to break
0: in. Anyways, so it's the Three Stooges. They're like, dude, we have to talk. But Mulder's really crappy because he's not feeling well. And men are fucking babies when they're sick. Holy shit. Um,. So, these idiots think they're being followed and are paranoid as usual. And they show Mulder a picture of a quote, of quote unquote the thinker, which is the sweaty guy who hacked into the Defense Department computer system in the beginning. Um, And they called the thinker an anarchist and a snoop. And OMG, me too. It's me. Oh my God. Wait a second. Me too. Anarchists and snoops. Um, so apparently in his last communication with the Thinker, um, he requested specifically Mulder to meet him at some secret meeting place. Everybody wants you, Mulder. Everybody wants a piece. Uh, but the issue is is that this dude might be dead already. They don't know. And then there's a gunshot. So Mulder runs down the hall and an old woman is crying unconsolably. Apparently she just shot her husband. They're like, after 30 years, she just went crazy and shot him. But like, Try to spend 30 years with the same man. I feel like she probably had her reasons, you know? I, I, I like, I'd like to hear her side of the story. I just want to hear what she has to say. That's all I'm saying. You know, we have to wait for all of the facts to come out. So Mulder goes to the secret meeting place. His hair looks bad. So bad.
1: Yeah, it looks like someone. I'm irrationally
0: mad about it.
1: Looks like someone took a balloon to his, uh, cranium. Who said let's
0: brush it down and give him bangs?
1: Who? i just like to have a word. I think it was because Jillian Anderson was playing her music too loud in the in the hair and makeup trailer. Nobody so could focus. The hair stylist just got so distracted by Sarah McLaughlin.
0: Yeah, so what I'm hearing is it's Sarah McLaughlin's fault. The actress from the last scene
1: did a phenomenal job for being on screen for literally five seconds. Oh, I know. That's my only note about that. I can still see it really clearly in my head. It's like It was really something. disturbing. It was really, yeah. like, the right before they cut to Mulder in this garden um it was really disturbing she did a fantastic job yeah um and that garden that Mulder goes to is so pretty and like it's beautiful clearly near his home so i hope he took scully there and like fingered her under the fountain oh near the daisies romance it is romance
0: i want that for her me too so, um, the thinker shows up and gives Mulder the Michael Jackson files. Mulder asks what he wants in return, and he says the truth, which made me gag. So the next day, Mulder goes in and opens the tape. I'm really missing Scully at this point, and then almost on cue, she comes in. And then suddenly, we're watching a porno. Scully, Scully, hold on. <laughs> Scully comes Scully. in scully comes in and she's like the boss is looking for you and Mulder instructs come in and lock the door and then she said and then he says are you familiar with the 10 commandments and she goes do you want me to recite them like what kind of fetishized catholic girl porn is this and why is it actually scully's full-on fantasy i was literally just thoughts that went through that woman's head when she walked in and he said lock the door do you know your 10 commandments she's like oh my god it's happening (laughs)
1: I was just gonna say yes beginning of a shitty porno but also Dana Scully's fantasy yeah like 100% she was like thank god I wore my expensive lingerie today
0: she did a mental check where she was like oh my god what brought on oh good good it's cute okay okay
1: totally when he asked her to lock the door she was like she's like turned around to close it and she was like okay fuck, what did I put on today
0: Anyway, she's ready to fuck as always, but he's being a fucking idiot. And he's like, I have proof of the biggest lie of them all, Scully. And she's, she's like, like, what? And then she's dry as a fucking desert. So. <laughs> um, And as if Does he's fucking know? rehearsed. No. She wishes she was, but she's not. <laughs> That's the truth that is out there. That's the truth is that Scully is turned on even when she's absolutely ashamed to be. Yep. Even when he's talking
1: complete nonsense, as if on cue, there's some romantic blues...
0: Are you guys hearing this? (laughs) (laughs) They knew we were talking about Mulder and Scully. So, as if rehearsed, Mulder pulls up the top secret original Defense Department files, and Scully is like, oh, shit.
1: (laughs) He was rehearsing that all morning.
0: Yeah. Um, And... Mulder opens it and uh oh it's not in English but Mulder is a stupid fucking white guy and he's like this is gibberish and then he literally throws a temper tantrum smashes shit on the desk he starts yelling about how sick of this crap he is and he kicks a trash can and Scully looks both scared and turned on and like babe your daddy issues are really showing right now like you gotta rein it in
1: it's like if you don't know why he's acting like this you can see Scully Being like, oh, my God, what just
0: happened?
1: And then, like, one side of her brain is like, do I want my child to have that propensity for violence? But then, like, she sits down at the computer and is, like, the other side of her brain is, like, okay, I'm a little nervous. But, like, that also really turned me on because, like, the power that he struck that pencil uh, holder with.
0: Yeah. But then she's like,
1: now who's going to have my babies?
0: She's conflicted. She's you know conflicted. what? And you can't blame her. She's in a hard spot.
1: You can't blame her, but also Jillian does a really good job at playing, um, all jokes aside, at playing, <laughs> um, being very, like, shocked by by his aggression there. Because it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and which is, honestly, if it wasn't for her acting like extra shocked and concerned in his behavior uh, if, if it wasn't, wasn't for her for acting, her acting period. period end of the sentence but if it wasn't for her being like extra shocked and concerned i would just think that he was being like that because he already yeah. is pretty close on an episodic basis so totally yeah. like i wouldn't know that it was something exaggerated necessarily So, while Mulder's mid-tantrum, Scully looks at the file herself and is like, hey, let's take a breath. I think it's just encrypted. Um, And Scully's smart as fuck and says that it looks like Navajo and that her dad told her, she brings up her dad, um, that it was used during World War II because it was the only code the Japanese couldn't break. So, Mulder very demandingly tells her to find someone to decipher it, which she does, but Yikes! Scully, being the intuitive sweetheart she is, asks Mulder if he's okay before he leaves, and he's just like, "Yeah, I haven't been sleeping, so I'm gonna make everyone's lives around me hell." Heart. Yep. So, cut to Skin Man in the hall. Okay, I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to bear with me for a second. <laughs> I'm ready for whatever you have. I don't know if you are. I oh, um, I am. So I said, so since Mulder's looking so average in this episode, I'm tempted. I'm not going to, but I am tempted. <laughs> to thirst over Skinner's tight ass body but I won't (laughs) um
1: here's the thing right there is a screen grab of um the scene and you know I would be lying if I if I didn't have the thought um if you are one if you're a person who finds Skinner attractive this would probably be a lot for you yeah, he has a great body. It's just everything else is kind of... yeah.
0: So he tells Mulder that he needs to speak with him in his office, and Mulder lashes out and is like, why? So I can do another jerk-off assignment where I end up doing the government's dirty work? And like, just imagine for a second if Scully did this. If, if Skinner came up to Dana Catherine Scully and was like, I need to speak with you, and she's like, what? So I can do another fucking jerk-off assignment where I don't learn shit? They'd be like, Hello? Uh-oh. That did a lot for Emily. Please keep going. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So Skinner is like, bro, calm down. I heard you got some sensitive files. And Mulder's like, "Hmm, I don't know what you're talking about. So then Skinner grabs his shoulders and is like, hey, I'm talking to you. And Mulder punches him. Like fucking do whips around. Fist first. (laughs) And it's not until this moment that I was like, maybe there's something wrong with Mulder. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he first fits all the time. So it wasn't until this where I was like, oh, yeah, maybe there is something happening. Okay, so Skinner gets him in a fucking chokehold and yells in his ear. <laughs> kind extreme. of stream. It's a little hot. It's a little, extreme. Extreme. It's a little erotic. Um, oh, it's, oh, it's definitely erotic. So then, of course, Scully gets called into Skinner's office because she always gets lectured when he messes up.
1: Yeah, it's kind of bizarre... Why she's being held accountable to give an explanation for Mulder's behavior? Isn't it? It's just funny because it's so simple. Like, w- <laughs> just like what? What do you want her? To, what do you want her to to say? In what like, world
0: would she have the answer to that? Exactly. She's like, oh, he's been having some like erectile dysfunction in bed lately, and like, so he's feeling and his ego's like, really hurt about it. So I've been trying to like pump him up, both like. Literally, yeah, and it's figuratively, just, but it's so hard.
1: It's just really, really hard. It's, but it's not, not hard. Him, but it's not hard. You know what you I mean? Know? <laughs> when yeah, like they just ask, they ask Scully why he's acting the way that he is, and she just tells them something so deeply
0: personal that they were not anticipating at all. They're like, like, "Do you know what's going on with Agent Mulder?" And she's like, "No, I mean, we had great sex this morning, so like he was in a good mood so... when he left. I don't know what's going on." So it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But also I want to make a note
1: of the fact that when Scully walks into Skinner's office, the only person not looking directly at her and staring her down is the woman at the table. Yep. And I just thought that that was interesting because Scully is absolutely meant to be scared. Like she can't feel the comforting gaze of a woman knowing she's safe and is simply being reviewed on an aspect of her job. Like only the men can scare sense into her and a woman's presence is comforting enough and like her gaze would have made her even more comfortable and like that's just something that they, that's just unacceptable. That's well, asking for too much.
0: Well, also, it, it's almost implying that the woman in the room doesn't actually hold a place of power. She's just there to like taking- Totally. It. She's not actually somebody with an opinion that matters.
1: It's almost like make sure the two women don't look at each other because then they'll form some secret alliance and they'll rise up against the men. So there's a yucky little rat boy at the table. Can
0: you spot him? Yes. They think he was at the head, right? Yep. Of course. Yeah. Christopher Carmichael is in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so Scully sits down. Some white dude starts asking her why Mulder hit an agent. I'm going to say again that they called Scully in to find out why Mulder is losing his mind. And like, I just think it's really ironic because the show... Because in the show, Scully carries the fucking X Files on her back. She's and she's held accountable for both her own actions and Mulder's. Um, and without her intelligence and patience and dedication, Mulder truthfully probably would have been dead in season one. Um, and then what's ironic about that is outside of the fiction, Jillian carried the show on her back as well. And it was her pregnancy that created the lasting mythology. And it's her that keeps this, the show alive to this day. Because like, while there's de- there's like there is a dedicated fan base. Um, of people who watch the show originally, the the fan base continually grows because of young people, primarily women, watching Four Jillian.
1: Totally, I was gonna say it's really funny because it's so early on in Mulder and Scully's relationship, and therefore so early on in Dana Scully's development as a woman. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if this had if this whole thing had happened like season six or seven. Um, and they were like you know do you know why agent Mulder's acting this way she would have done exactly what we were just joking about yeah but she doesn't have the you know she's not fully into herself yet exactly she exactly. her daddy issues have control over her she she doesn't, doesn't have control,
0: control over, over her daddy, daddy issues yet yet yet, yet. gives yet. me hope Anyways, Scully is like, uh, well, he's been sleeping bad. I don't. I only know what he told me, not because I'm in bed with him or keeping him up at night or anything like that. Just, just like
1: we're not sleeping together. Not, like no, I just like, know. I wasn't
0: there. He just told me later, like not like this morning. But like I didn't wake up.
1: Like next. Him, no, like, in the
0: office. You no, know, clothed. The yeah, door was locked, but like he told me to, and I don't.
1: <laughs> like he told me to lock the door, but like that. Can I go now?
0: <laughs> so, um, they ask if, um, she thinks he confides in her, and she's like, of course, he's my partner. And then Rat Boy Chris pipes up. He's like, your partner? Weren't you originally assigned to debunk his work? You're so fucking stupid. Like,
1: <laughs> giving, doing, saying all of that through a fuckboy face?
0: Yeah. And then she responds and says, yes, sir which i hate ew it's and it's like she hardly i've never once heard Mulder call skinner sir maybe i'm wrong maybe i just don't register it but like why does she call so many people sir but
1: also like why is she calling this like no fucking nobody sir isn't that
0: so gross i know so then she explains that um, she's like, yeah, I still turn in weekly reports on the validity of his work. And then fucking Chris again, he asked if she'd lie to protect him. And she's like, well, am I being accused of lying? And they're like, Mulder has a discipline hearing. And if something comes out that you didn't say, you're going to be dismissed without a chance of reinstatement.
1: Um, and it's also funny because um, Jillian has talked about how early on they were... Someone pulled her aside and told her that she really needed to get her shit together and learn the lines and not mess up and mm-hmm. just be better generally with with like, you know, being able to recall her lines. And um she's also brought up the fact that that Chris Carter could not remember these like three lines for the life of him. And they had to do a million takes.
0: Has she really?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Almost like almost like acting is a skill crazy on a positive note I love Scully's blazer it's it's very abstract and like mm -hmm. geometric geometric (laughs) and I love her big buttons and like the sideways pockets and that was not an innuendo I love my blazers like I like my women big buttons
0: (laughs) that's a good one
1: I'm kidding I also love her freckles And that's all I got. I think it's because the blazer is like kind of the same. It's like a nude tone. So Mm. it complements her natural skin very well. And so it makes her freckles stand out more because it's like,
0: Mm. you know. Yeah. I'm going to shut
1: up now. I love her Don't shut up.
0: No, stop. People love hearing you talk about her perfect face. And if you're playing along with the drinking game, finish your drink. Because I said.
1: (laughs) Okay. Sorry to that person playing the drinking game. <laughs>
0: um, so, and also, if you're not on our social media, somebody made a drinking game of our podcast, which was really cute, and one of them was, like, take two shots when uh, Emily ant- talks about Scully's nose and lips in the same sentence, but I just added one that said if she talks about her freckles, you have to finish your drink. The whole thing. Yeah, whole thing. Chug, I'll give you a minute. <laughs> um. Anyways, Scully's pissed, and she leaves. And she leaves. End of sentence. Cut to Martha's Vineyard. So a man comes down the stairs. I don't know if we know this yet, but it's Mulder's dad. So old Mulder. He answers the door, and it's Cigarette Smoking Man. Uh, Bill, that's his
1: name. We do know it. We do know it because there was a moment where, um, remember the first time we see him, Mulder goes in to hug him, and his dad just shakes his hand and now this time he goes Mulder goes to shake his hand and his dad pulls him in for a hug
0: oh really i didn't notice that yeah oh that's kind of sweet uh he does not seem very excited to see cigarette smoking man um he's like i thought we agreed and it's um and cigarette smoking man is a gaslighting asshole who's like it's been a long time calm down there's been some unforeseen events so they both were clearly in on these MJ files and Bill is like, well, the file should have been destroyed. And CSM's like, yeah, well, here we are. Um, and that's how they explore that. So th- they say that the thinker came forward and said that Mulder has the files. Why he would do that, I don't know. And these old biddies basically are like, okay, so we're just going to deny that we have anything to do with this. And then Bill's like, oh, shit, well, my name's in there. And then CSM's like, dude, 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 you're good, you're good, we encrypted it. Like, it's it's sick, we're, we're chilling. And then Bill's like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, oh, shit, yeah, like, my son, are you going to hurt him because of this? And then CSM just, like, regurgitates the same crap about, no, no, we don't want a crusade. And, like, I just think cigarette that smoking line. man really overestimates how many people would fight for Mulder.
1: that's what <laughs> like, i i don't understand what do you mean crew what do you mean you don't want to martyr what do you mean
0: they're like what? no i don't think Mulder is like the lonely alien boy in the basement no one's gonna like ban to fight for him but i was like yeah scully was to start a crusade and she's powerful enough to do it on her own so he should be scared but i don't think that's what he's thinking of
1: that's that's absolutely you're absolutely correct or would Scully just be upset for a little bit?
0: Depends on what what season you're talking. Right now, maybe just upset for a little bit. But like once it's com- this has completely destroyed her life, she's like, okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the earlier on you kill him, the less the, the less interested Dana Scully is.
0: Are we saying Mulder should have died in this episode? Just that?
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying <laughs> this martyr plot line is a little
0: bit tired. It it's tired and it's season two. But the thing um, is,
1: too, is that he says that um, he's, like, why would I hurt him? I've protected him this long. He, but, like, fuck Scully, right? Like, right, yeah. yeah like, fuck, fuck Scully. Because, like, that's just, that's, like, all he did there was, was admit that something, something we already knew, which was that Mulder is damaged, right? Yes. He's never killed. It's never fatal. But he's damaged enough that... Through the hurt and traumatization of others close to him,
0: Mm. like that
1: was just an admission of it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: You're protecting him, correct, by hurt by hurting others around him. Yeah, as leverage against him.
0: It makes no sense.
1: Gully suffering as leverage against Mulder. It's the same. It's that
0: exactly. And like the only good thing that comes out of them doing that is that they accidentally made Scully a way more developed character than Mulder. Exactly. So, like, jokes on them, ultimately. But it's still fucked. So, anyways, ultimately, Bill is worried that Mulder's gonna find out about his involvement because he was indeed involved. Um, He was indeed. Because he was indeed involved. Um, And CSM's sage advice is to deny everything.
1: That works when you're a white heterosexual cisgendered man
0: that was exactly my note it was like even though this is conspiracy and like government shit this kind of boy club where no matter how horrible the act is the boys still have each other's back is exactly why rape culture will literally never go away because there's the stereotype that men don't like like you know the stereotype that men don't like commitment like in relationships Mm -hmm. it's like where does that come from because holy shit are they committed to their boys yeah like see the end of promising young women for reference even
1: in the next scene with Mulder and Scully, that trope or that socialization of like this boys club um, is perpetuated even further just through Mulder.
0: So Captain to Mulder sleeping on the couch. We see a body in there watching him sleep and they step on a creaky floorboard and Mulder wakes up and grabs his gun. But don't worry, it's Scully. And she's like, "Please don't shoot!" But you didn't answer your door. Um, and these plot lines really fuck me up because I hate molder-centric plot. Like it's egotistical and convoluted and excessively drawn out. But I really like seeing her be like concerned for him. And she's just—it's just because she's always the one that raises the stakes. So seeing her look at him like, "Holy shit! What is happening? He's falling apart. I might lose my job. This is scary." Is really engaging to watch.
1: Yeah, I don't like this—the—the the trope of. Like woman risks her job with lie to protect man, but she loves man. So I'm conflicted. There's a certain point towards the end where she kind of says, me losing my career doesn't matter. Your life does. I mean, duh, obviously. Um, Would he do the same? That's that's the question. It's the same thing with Scully taking care of him. Yeah. Right. It's like do I love this this aspect of it? This, you know, glorified heterosexual behavior that I hate to love? Is it problematic? Yes. Is it a problem yeah. that I like it? Yes. But also Dana Scully likes to take care of the men that she's dating. And exactly. just people in general.
0: Yeah, there's a lot um, of layers here for sure. So,
1: if she likes to do it and that's the way that she expresses her love for someone then I'm all for it this is this is concerning because while he loves her in his own way he definitely I don't think is um, committed to the same level of sacrifice professionally as she is for him oh, so that's enough. why that one's problematic
0: yeah that's a good point um, so Scully basically came over because she couldn't find him at work and was worried that's cute Cute. I, I put puppy dog eyes in prison. <laughs> um, but he's a fucking dick and he's like, I took a pill and I have a fever, so I came home. Like he could have let her fucking know. Like, I he knew shit was going down. Like fucking always he could have just like a quick phone call. Like that shit fucking bothers me so much. I know. Um, so she tells him about her shitty meeting and he doesn't fucking care um how she's feeling, and he just asks, like, what she told them. And she asks who knows that he has the files and he's all coy being like why as if she's not his partner with a right to know like as if this isn't affecting her as well so she gets rightfully mad and is like well i had to lie today i had to put my job in jeopardy and i don't even know what for (laughs)
1: there's there's a certain point where Mulder just says like oh fine i'll apologize like it'll be fine and that whole interaction between them is um very telling and jillian does a fantastic job again. In in the way that she embodies a Scully as a Catholic schoolgirl who has seen far too many men and boys like Mulder get away with everything that they did that was wrong. And that's all evidenced by um, the way that she responds to him thinking that an apology that's been forced out of him will smooth things over. And that's very, that's deeply disturbing, but also very, very good acting from Jillian.
0: Yeah, but seriously.
1: That's not, that's not a surprise. And it's really gross that she's, I was really mad that she was letting him treat her like this because- mm. The Scully that I know would have walked out so quickly the second that he started yelling at her because she didn't risk her job enough to get enough information for him so that he could protect his own job. Mm -hmm. Like the Scully that I know would have absolutely been like, do it yourself. So I don't really know who this Scully is, but like I'm – i'm holding on
0: i mean she's not if you think about where her character is at this point in this show she's not quite in her power there yet i feel like it's it's in character for her to stay and, and kind of take it
1: absolutely no i think i don't think she's in her power yet if it, if it was a superior who wasn't molder i think she would have taken it but the fact that it's molder and she sat there and didn't leave i'm i'm surprised by that's
0: fair so anyways, Scully is like, is this cassette worth risking literally everything? And he full on yells at her. And he
1: that's why that's when I was yeah. like I'm really mad. I'm that's why I was like
0: she would have left. When I was yelling at her. My note was I know Emily's about to pull up and beat his ass.
1: Seriously, that's what th- that this is the part where I where I meant the Dana Scully that I know wouldn't have let him yell at her like this. Yeah. That this is the part that I meant.
0: Yeah, because it definitely seems odd that she retreats and is like, I'm going to meet with somebody about cracking the code in an hour. Um, because he's literally just sleeping and yelling. She's doing all of the work on this case. It, but she yells at him back in a more controlled and powerful way. Um, and she's just articulating that she just needs some kind of assurance that she's doing the right thing, which I think comes from a very real place of, like, insecurity for her when she's in these situations. I think that seemed in character. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um. And so then Mulder puts up his stupid little tape on the window and is like, we'll try to find out. And Scully's like, um, okay, one more thing. Why did you attack Skinner? Um, and he's like, you know, I thought about it and I can't say, which is disturbing. And she looks rightfully disturbed by that. And then she leaves. So cut to Scully at the offices of the Navajo Nation. Um, so this is where I, I put my note about her being the same actor mm-hmm. from Shapes and all of that
1: i was annoyed because i really thought they um were still characterizing her as the character that she played in shapes as gwen because i i was thinking like they so could have easily where we left her they so could have easily made her kind of like turn out to be nothing and kind of like be a deadbeat but they made her like this really successful woman who like has her own office and is and is working and is working in a field that she obviously cares deeply about. But, nope. They just said, no, this is a completely different woman. She just looks the same.
0: Yeah. We've forgotten about her. She doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't matter. Nobody pays attention anyways. Like,
1: how? It's how? Bullshit.
0: It's so stupid. And that could have been a really cool moment. Like, her and Scully kept in contact. And she knew yeah. that, like, like, what? Like, what well, could have been, you know? Um, so... This woman, I'm going to call her Gwen. You know what? In our world, she's Gwen. So Gwen is like, you'll need an actual code talker to make any sense of this. So she directs Scully to a man who can help. Of course, she has to direct Scully to a man.
1: It's just annoying because it's like this scene is very – is like riddled. Just riddled. Just riddled. It's riddled with two women. Like the, the whole energy is two women are doing all of the work so that Mulder can be the hero. But at this point also, it's like, life's about perspective. So if you just squint, you can kind of forget that Mulder's even in the show. And then you can just be reminded that this is actually Scully's show. It's all about Scully.
0: That's the best way to watch the show, I think.
1: And she looks stunning here. So she's perfect.
0: She does. Oh, that was my next note. I said before I say... um... (laughs) i said scully is like um okay thank you for directing me to somebody else but like in the meantime can you tell me what words you recognize and then i wrote before i say the word she recognizes do you need a second about how scully looks here
1: i just was so overwhelmed this episode you know i just i go on about it later in uh, in spades but right now i just have to say you know show me another face like hers can't one it's of impossible. a kind. It's, it's, it's impossible she's just stunning She's like, if I had to, if I had to describe her in one word, it would be glorious.
0: Aw. So sweet. That's how how I would describe her face. (laughs) So cute. So Gwen says that she recognized, you're so cute. That was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) When she said that, she got all like balled up in her bed. Yeah. I do. Well, I do have my Mrs.
1: Dana Scully. Um sign on my on my uh
0: on my desk so oh yeah you
1: know I gotta live up to uh I gotta live up
0: to my name when I picked up Emily from the airport I made like you know when people like have signs to like with somebody's name on it if they're picking up like as a chauffeur I made a sign that said Mrs. Dana Scully when I picked her up because that's who she is I live with Dana Scully's wife it's true I don't know if she's okay with it have you talked yeah, oh yeah, she's she's fine with it. So Gwen says that she um, recognizes the words goods, um, merchandise, and vaccination. Nobody tell the current anti-vaxxers about these X file plot lines. Seriously, Jesus Christ! Um, this, is, this is honestly,
1: if the, the plot of this episode of ever got out to to anti-vaxxers, Chris Carter could be held le- g- legally responsible.
0: Literally. So back to Mulder's apartment his hair looks awful and he's all sweaty and very clearly sick um but him all sweaty and like a half buttoned up flannel um is good
1: for me i don't even remember what he looked like in this scene so i'm just very very happy that you're that you're living in this world and you you seem completely at peace which is just so lovely to see (laughs)
0: thank you um so the phone phone rings and it's molder's daddy um he's like i need to see you so he goes (laughs) of course without telling scully yeah um so scully comes back looking for him like they had planned um molder just
1: doesn't want to be tied down man
0: he just doesn't want
1: to he doesn't want to have to tell a woman where he's going when he you know has to go to the store to get milk
0: God. You know, what? What it's kind like of he life doesn't, is that. It's like he doesn't want to be tied down until Scully ties him down. And then he has a change of heart. Okay. Huh. So, <laughs> Scully comes back, Mulder's not there, and she's so she's looking around for him and then suddenly someone shoots through the window and almost hits her. This is they like not the her first. Head. <laughs> this
1: is not the first time Scully's gone over to get Dick down and nearly died. And I just I think that that's wrong.
0: God, what does a girl gotta do to get some good dick? Jesus. Literally. So, maybe
1: that's why they start, like, you know, feeling each other up in the hallway, because it's safer in there.
0: It, it's safer. There. She's like, we have to fuck only in public, because things just don't go well when we go to one another's apartments. Oopsie. So, Mulder arrives at his dad's. He's looking scruffy and rough. Um, Wish Scully was here to see it, you know? Uh, In due time, I apologize. I can skip these notes. No, you better not skip anything. Okay. So, his dad and him have a really vague conversation about how clear things are and how complicated things were. (laughs) And back, his dad is like, You're smart and your politics are yours. You're going to learn things, Fox. And Mulder's like, Um, are, are you talking about your work in the State Department? But his dad just, like, continues his monologue when he didn't say anything. He literally says, this is the literal line, you are going to hear the words, and they'll come to make sense to you. Like, like, what was Chris Carter on when he wrote this? I'm sorry, but I want what he was taking. I want to be sitting in a t-shirt and boxers in my shitty bed feeling like a fucking messiah, writing a goddamn script.
1: Writing these horrible, horrible sentences,
0: <laughs> feeling like I am the fucking poet of the universe.
1: Feeling like you hold the key to all heaven and earth, <laughs> and all things good <laughs> on this planet.
0: You are going to hear the words, and they're gonna—you're gonna understand them. He's this like, is like orgasming as he's writing
1: it. Like this is the equivalent of like people, like white uh, liberal men who, like, paint their nails and who are English majors (laughs) who, like, worship Ernest Hemingway. Oh my
0: god, all of my ex-boyfriends? Poet. 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 Such a poet. Poet. (laughs) So, Mulder says what words? And his dad is like, the merchandise, and sighs really dramatically like he's gonna pass out. So Bill's like, I've been taking some medication. I'm gonna- I'll be right back. And he just goes and stares at himself in the bathroom mirror. (laughs) And then, while that's happening, we see fucking Crychek hiding in the shower behind him. So Mulder hears a bang, and aw, daddy's dead. Daddy Mulder, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Daddy Mulder is dead. Um...
1: The original, was, the original daddy, yeah, the OG daddy, is dead. So Mulder's daddy now.
0: In the <laughs> arms of the angel.
1: <laughs> are you Are you going to talk about David Duchovny's wonderful acting?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So, perfect.
0: So it was staged to look like he shot himself, or like Mulder shot him. It's unclear, but Mulder hears a car screeching away, so he knows that somebody did it. Um, and then fucking Bill Mulder starts screeching out, Forgive me! Ugh, forgive! Like while Mulder holds him making that fucking crying face, and I was just like, Why am I an unemployed actor when these fuckers got paid for this? God damn it.
1: I wish I had a I wish I had an answer for you.
0: So then Daddy Mulder dies. And I question any allegiance I've ever felt to this show. Hmm. So Every time shit like this happens, I think about how I would literally kill to see Scully in a scene like that. Like, would commit murder. Yeah. Anyways. Mulder carries his dead dad to the couch and lays him there all weirdly. Um, And then he calls Scully, who's still in his apartment. Oh. I know. And I don't know if
1: it's because, like, she... I'm sure she thought... Yeah, I'm sure she thought... it was because he was coming back, so she just, like, sat at his table and, like,
0: waited, and then she happened to fall asleep. So Mulder tells her his dad is dead. So she's, like, she asks where he is, and Mulder's just, like, they got him. They shot him over and over again. And, like, acting aside, seeing Mulder with a five o'clock shadow and a dirty flannel with blood on his hands does something to me, and I'll bring it to therapy. I just mm. wanted to confess it first here. I'm, I feel so honored that you confess that. Thank you. In this space. Thank you so much. Thank you for holding that space for me. Yeah, Um, always. So Scully is like, shit, were you arguing? And he's like, I didn't do it, Scully. I was just, he was trying to tell me something. You've got to believe me. And she's like, I believe you, but you got to listen to me. You you need to leave right now. And he's like, I can't. They'll suspect me. And she's like, well, they're going to fucking suspect you anyway. Um, And then he continues to be stubborn and she yells, which I thought about you. Thank Um, you. I needed it. Yeah. I sent you some, like, some good juju. Yeah, Uh, thank you. She goes, damn it, Mulder, you're an FBI agent. You have access to weapons other than your own. How do you feel about that?
1: (laughs) Well, two things. The first thing is that um, I love how incredible Scully is in moments of panic and in moments of intense intensity. Right. She's okay. very cool under pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing was just um I just needed to let out a little scream. You know what that's which okay. I won't do right now. But that was the second thing. It was just a little like you know? <laughs> yeah. But like louder. Yeah. And like with more oomph. Yeah. I just like seeing her take control of a situation and yep. Tell us some, tell, telling someone what to do is just. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good for, for you. Her. Good for her. Good yeah. for
0: her. Good for you. Great for <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some is like, meet me at my apartment. She's like, nah, someone almost killed me here. So we're going to go to my place, baby. So he goes over. Okay. This whole scene really slaps my ass and calls me a bad girl, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: This scene, this scene puts a collar and leash on me and calls me a
0: slut. Yep. So, he he stumbles in, like, on top of her. There's a lot of moaning. He's not doing well. She puts him to bed. In her bed. Maybe it's a guest room. I don't really know.
1: I think it's a guest room. But this moment was really hard for me because... I'm gifting all of you with this, okay? Use it wisely. Do not spread it far and wide. Use it <laughs> for your own, you know, enjoyment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Respectfully. That's my wife, okay? Respectfully. Right. But if you ever are, like, <laughs> wanting a little audio to, like, say <laughs> some fic you're reading, um, go to about 1921 in this episode and... Uh, you'll hear it. You'll you'll hear it. You're, you just
0: huh? hello? You'll hear some audio. I was just going to say can we just like post this scene cuz I watched yeah. it so many times.
1: Yes, we can. Okay. Um Thank you. it's also it's really cute that she was trying to hold him up with like half of the body weight of him because that's literally all she has. Mm-hmm. It's very precious, very cute, but it's it's i'm confused as to what his intention was right because like he walks right into her arms which is sweet because like did he but did he just collapse like he couldn't stand anymore so he just like saw her and was just so overwhelmed that he just collapsed or like did he mean to go in for a hug and like it was just really awkward and like she just kind of was like ah but then he really wanted to, to hug her who knows? Like that's romance, baby.
0: That is. Yeah. He was just so delirious and needed her touch.
1: Yeah. This whole part, like when she puts him to bed and like, she's, you know, taking off his jacket for him and all that. I just love how I adore how her hands are just everywhere. They're just all over him. They're touching him. They're making sure that he's okay. And This is definitely like the most blatant moment we've seen so far of Dana Scully being like I'm going to touch you everywhere because me taking care of you is that excuse that I need to do that is the excuse that I need to do that Um, but physical touch is absolutely Scully's love language. Oh yeah you're so right. And there's something so calming about her touch that it's hard to even find it sexual. Like I know that people love to to be like um like non-platonic touching. Like they touch so much it's literally because like that is her love language. Like physical yeah. touch is a form of grounding for mm-hmm. both of them. And I think that like it's just tender and it's intimate and it's truly nothing more than that. Yeah. I don't think. And then my next, my next note is that I'm just going to give you, just take the reins on this morning after scene. Just have at it.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. So he wakes up in boxers. I keyboard smashed a bit. And I just said, you know, why does he look like that? Who said that he can look like that? You know how hard it is to be a feminist when he's just out there looking like that, acting the way that he does?
1: Yeah. Alternatively, the thought that I had was um, Scully absolutely helped him undress to that point because, like, there was a certain moment where she knew she had to be able to take his gun without waking him up. So that meant she had to get his
0: pants off. So that was going through her mind. Oh, my God. Whenever... do you think that like he was like half asleep and she and he like thought that they were like having sex? Like when he like as she was taking off her his clothes and she just kinda like went with it a little bit to get his clothes off and then he passed out again? I hadn't thought about that, but what a
1: fantastic idea. That's fun. Huh, can okay. I, can I
0: just sit with that for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's call he wakes up, his dick is there. I see it. We all see it. He's calling for her. she's not there. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You're
1: doing great. You're doing Thank great. You.
0: So she um she took his gun, right, to get it tested because she wants to clear her man's name before it can even be soiled. That's how fucking good she is.
1: But also like I like that she's doing what's actually right and not just blindly supporting him. like, like that's, that's really hot
0: he doesn't deserve her it's not even funny it's, i know um there's only one person that deserves dana catherine scully in their lives and that is um emily what the fuck so molder that's calls very her.
1: sweet of you
0: oh it's true um no one worships her like you do baby it's true so Mulder calls her, he's all pissy, and he thinks she's against him. He's quite paranoid. Um, he pulls a Skinner, and he's like speaking through clenched teeth, and like, I wish he wouldn't. Rude. <laughs> God. Um, so, he and then he screams at her, You've been against me since the beginning, taking your little notes! <laughs> so... He ends the call, he's like, you have my files, you have my gun, don't ask me for my trust. And she's literally the only living human on his side, but go off, I guess. Scully goes to Mulder's apartment to get the bullet casing on the shot that almost killed her because she's fucking smart and Mulder would be dead without her. This, um, this was a really cute suit, if you want to talk about it. I
1: do, and also this whole scene was very- was ve- This whole episode was very pleasing to me because it really showcases Dana Scully's intelligence, which I'm- the ultimate fan of just at at every turn
0: it's the best
1: yeah um so there's a point where scully's looking out the window and just yeah she like just to put it simply she just looks like a painting like i have a picture here and i went back and was unsure if it was a painting or if it was actually a picture of scully and then i looked at it for a little bit longer (laughs) And I realized that I think her nose is so beautiful because of the way that it slopes. Like the curve of it is just so pleasing to look at. You're just drawn to it because Mm -hmm. you're, which is actually true because when I went to go get my ears pierced um, in a different place, like up higher, um, the guy was like, I'm going to do it along this like curvature because the, I guess my bone structure and my ear was like very strong and I have a very like sharp curve. So he wow. was like, so if we put two piercings right next to it, like along that line, people will just be drawn to that line because like symmetry or whatever. Yeah. And I genuinely believe that that is the logic behind Gillian Anderson's nose. It's like, it's so perfectly sloped that your eye is just drawn to it because it's symmetry. Oh, that's really cool. That makes a lot of sense. And then I was just like, imagine getting to just look at her
0: all day and tell her
1: how pretty she is whenever you want.
0: I want that for you. The way you would transport me to a 90s apartment with David Duchovny, I would transport you to wherever Scully is right now, just so you can tell her how pretty she is 24-7. That's all I ask. Dana Scully, if you're listening, you're so pretty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, And then her lips were like someone, whoever did it, put like a little brown liner action. It's It's doing wonders for her. And then I just have to say
0: Upper Lip Beauty Mark writes. It's Hell so yeah. prominent here. She's out. So Scully sees a van outside. It's like replacing a water tank. Um, so she goes to investigate and it's like been tampered with. So this whole time Mulder has been being poisoned in his water, which is why he's been acting so crazy. So Mulder dipped apparently and goes back to what I think is his dad's house. I'm not really sure where he is here, um, but he finds Crychek. He doesn't have his gun, though. Why he would go do this without his gun, I don't really know. Crazy things that poison will do to you, right? Um, anyways, him and Crychek beat the shit out of each other. Mulder gets his gun and is like about to kill him, and then Scully shows up. Mulder's hair looks so bad here, I could actually cry. Like it's so bad. Like this is the
1: worst. I have no recollection because I just remember their choreographed fighting was just so bad.
0: It's really bad. It's very clearly like left hook punch under yeah. the gut.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's a little, it's a little
0: erotic for me. They're, anything they do together is erotic. Totally. So then Scully pulls her gun and she's like, don't shoot him, Mulder, back away. Um, I'm sure this did a lot for you. Did so much. <laughs> um, this moment is never as good as I remember it because there's that one YouTube video. It's called Survivor and it's like about Scully and it's objectively the coolest. Thing Better than the show. Yeah, about Scully in existence. Like, it makes the show look so much better than it is. And it's phenomenal. And they have really cool music over this part where it's like, don't shoot him. And then she shoots him.
1: And then, like, yeah, it's so good. It's so
0: good. So we'll post that video. I don't know who Monica Productions on YouTube. Prods? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll post it. But it's so
1: incredible. I watch it often.
0: Me too. I showed my mom that before we watched the show and oh, she dear. was like yeah that was kind of a mistake she was like that video kind of made it seem like it was going to be more like i was like i know more like about better. scully yeah well i mean Same we thing. watched it yesterday and emily you said it perfectly where you're like it just makes it seem like scully is the only main character
1: i just have to say um scully really embodied the phrase gatekeep gaslight robots, boss your way into shooting your husband uh.
0: That's so good. That'll be the caption for this video. <laughs> um, anyway, so Muller won't fucking listen, so she shoots him. Like a fucking bad bitch. And, like, that's so hot of her. I would love to hear when their child found out that mommy literally shot daddy later in life. Like, I would love to just see that conversation.
1: Everyone screaming after Scully shoots him was really funny. I know. Like, i just imagining, like, a
0: crazy small woman just shot someone! (laughs) Someone come quick!
1: And also notice the parallel between the woman who shot her husband and now this wife who shot her husband.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I love wives shooting their husbands. I think they should more. I agree. So... Mulder wakes up, it's been 36 hours apparently, and while Scully's taking care of him, she's like, your shoulder's gonna be fucking fine because the round went through really clean. And basically, she's like, I'm a better bitch than you'll ever dream of being Mulder. That was the actual line that was said. Yeah.
1: If I woke up, if I was Mulder and I woke up to Scully wearing this outfit, I would pass out again. I'm pretty sure. I actually sure.
0: made note of her outfit too, and I almost never noticed her clothes and I've never noticed this outfit before, but oh my god.
1: Like, the green blouse, okay, it's, like, very structured. It has a very, like, upside-down triangular shape, which suits her so well. Mm-hmm. And she's tucked in <laughs> to high-waisted black pants that are also very tailored and perfectly perfectly draped on her body. And um, then she has the belt to tie it all together, and she just looks like she is loving her fit like did she just drive across the country for two days straight without stopping yes but like she did it in the cool incredible outfit and so she's just unstoppable
0: Some older's like what the fuck dude why'd you shoot me and she's like if you would have killed Ky- Crycheck with his weapon there would be literally no way to prove that you didn't kill your dad um she's like basically i'm smarter than you Scully tells Mulder that he was being given l s d or something else in his water, um and she's like, "Yeah, once again, everyone was trying to destroy you because you got too close to the truth. I am merely a side character in your hero story. Shall I go off about this chosen one narrative
1: again? Yeah, is this a good time? This is a good time, okay. Then, what's his name? The Native American elder comes in and like basically tells Mulder that he's like that they, they were waiting for him or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. This whole part, what Scully says, and then what this elder man, elderly man says, both play on this gross, like Christ comparison that, unlike Christ, never seems to die in this mm-hmm. show com- with Mulder. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but it takes like the very critical outsider vantage point that Mulder has and it just like throws it out the window. Like that is the crux of this show working and being appealing to people. And it completely shatters it because um, it makes it, it makes it seem as though he was chosen to be in this conspiracy regardless. He's just rebelling against it instead of participating in it like his father did. So it's like, he was always meant to be in this conspiracy and like that aspect of it is interesting because it means that Mulder was never going to have a normal life. And in a way that kind of ruins a lot of the other aspects of the show that like people grew to be invested in. Like he was always going to have blood ties to this conspiracy in some way. And they know too much about him for him to win or lose or even get out of it. Like there was no, so it's like, to a certain extent making Mulder a part of the conspiracy in the way that they have kind of defeats all ambiguity of where this journey will lead them
0: mm-hmm.
1: right because like exactly. they know too much about Mulder. they know everything about him because he was destined to be a part of this from the beginning it wasn't just some freak accident that happened to him when his sister was abducted like however many years ago like yeah it was all planned from the beginning
0: and i think that's exactly why scully's narrative becomes the more interesting one because she totally. actually is the one that fell into this on accident and just ends yes. up being a part of this conspiracy and that's what's the storyline that's actually interesting yes and that because people want to follow
1: yeah exactly because like the whole thing of like outsiders trying to take down a corrupt and unfeeling government is the narrative that people wanted to see they w- didn't want to see one that was doomed from the beginning exactly because Nobody like they it's are yeah and i think like we talked about this too but it's like once chris carter realized that Mulder and Scully and David and Jillian had, had chemistry and like that there was something beyond like a partner trust there that mm. it went so much deeper than that that people wanted them to thrive like he had to choose between the mythology and the personal and he tried to keep both which is why the waters get so muddied mm. um because in keeping the mythology and the format and that narrative you sacrifice the integrity of the characters when you're a fucking hack writer who prolonged something for too long. Exactly. Which we talked about. But it's like, um, he tried to keep everything he tried to keep everything and at the same time expanded on nothing. I hate this Christ comparison, which I get into more like in a bit, but it's like I don't like that and I don't like how Because like, to be honest, Mulder kind of becomes unlikable when he when he when you realize that he's a part of this conspiracy. Oh yeah. Like he works really well as like this underdog. But like <laughs> now part of that's jaded now that you know that like
0: Well, it's kind of it's almost everyone like, is in on it. It's almost like conspiracy nepotism. Like nobody wants huh. like yeah. he's been born into this. Nobody's really interested in that. But people love to root for an underdog that's just like happens to be passionate and fighting for the greater good, which is what Scully ends up being. Yeah, but that's a great point. But Mulder is just, like, born into the, he's only He only is a part of it because his dad was and because his sister was involved and because everybody knows him and has, like, put him in this position purposefully. Yeah. And that's not fun to watch. Anything predestined. There's no mystery. Yep. Just like you said. It's literally perfect. Like, that blows my mind every time you say it because it gives me a whole... It, it like, completely... Because I think I wonder often, I'm like, why did this show created by men for men turn into something that young women just adore and love like and i think it's because of that point specifically because they accidentally made scully the more likable more interesting plot line through Mm -hmm. through the making of Mulder as the chosen one but also through the hyper traumatization of her which therefore made her a more developed character like it was all accidental but like that i think about that a lot so every time you bring up that point it like feels good it like feels like things make sense yeah I agree Um, so Scully introduces Mulder to the Native American man Albert who's been um, working translating the MJ files Um, and as soon as Mulder is is well Albert's going to take him to like evidence of this whole conspiracy so that ship that we saw in the beginning Um, so Mulder talking to Scully says what about you finally and she says we are on your own with this one because she missed her meeting with Skinner and so she very well might have lost her job and then Mulder says, "Thank you." We'll take a moment. I don't know how many times that I want to like keep track of how many times that happens in this whole series. I know, and it's like not even, he doesn't even say thank you for
1: like you know doing all of the work and everything because she's literally done all of the work, but he literally says thank you for taking care of me and.
0: Yeah, I just think we should hear that more
1: often.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, because it's all she does is fucking take care of him. Um, so then Scully says, and she looks really scared when she says this, which is like, Go, at Jillian, with her fucking acting always. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, Well, my name is in the files, um, in the latest entries, along with Dwayne Barry's. Um, the context isn't clear, but it has something to do with the test. And she's like, You have to find out what it means, as if she wouldn't pursue that herself, but
1: whatever. I know, Jillian harnessing the fear of being listed as a participant in the test, and like, that you don't remember, that you didn't give consent to. And she plays that palpable, like fear and anger and helplessness so well. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her.
0: We, that What that reminds me of is like um, in the L word yesterday, if you're watching, where it's. <laughs> Bear with me. Or in season two, and the character, there's, I don't want to spoil it for people who watch, but there's a character who gets, like, very violated by a man and she's talking Mm. about it to him and she basically says, like, you will never know what it's like to be a woman you will never know what it's like to and she talked about like how all women have been violated in some way and sometimes it's just an inconvenience and sometimes it's horribly fucking painful and you'll never know what it feels like to like have people look at you and want you and feel entitled to you and then act on that and like Mm -hmm. it's obviously written better when she says it but, like, when Scully has these moments where she finds her name in these files and realizes that she's been a part of these tests that she didn't consent to, and she has this, like, look of palpable fear and, like, anger and helplessness, like you said, like, all wrapped up into one. It's, like, only the 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 men fucking writing this had no idea how much that would resonate, that feeling. Like, the the linchpin of that was definitely,
1: like... Um, was Mulder her asking Mulder to to save her to like give her answers like now not only is like Mulder relying on himself but all of like the vulnerable are relying on Mulder and all of the helpless are relying on Mulder and all of those who have been marginalized and um, trampled over by this government are relying on Mulder. Albert is relying on Mulder. Yep. And now Scully is relying on Mulder. That was like the linchpin of that moment. It was absolutely not the um, the embodiment of trauma or the realization that you've been violated um, exactly. on Scully's then-
0: part. But then that's what transcends, and that's what Absolutely. people hold on to because that was the actual moving part of the episode. And it's just so weird to watch a show with so many powerful aspects, especially for women, and have all of those things be completely unintentional.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's very, and unfortunately, it's very easy to get wrapped up in in um, Mulder's like heroic plot. Right. Because like Mulder's journey is like the flashing lights in your face.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: The actual story is like down below. Yeah. Also, sorry, I just wanted to say when I can't, when Albert says that Scully was a good shot and then Mulder says, yeah, or bad one and she smiles. I just yeah. had to clench my heart for a second.
0: Really cute. She has the best smile. So Albert and Mulder go to Albert's house. They have a stupid conversation about truth. And Albert says that he thinks... I, I skipped this whole thing, if you have yeah, notes. No, I um, don't. And Albert basically says that he thinks the whole tribe was abducted by visitors, like, years ago. And so, like, they have been aware of this alien presence or whatever. So the kid from the beginning takes Mulder on his motorbike up that same mountain from the beginning um, to, the tr- to the crash site or whatever the hell that was. Um, And just as Mulder is about to go inside the ship, Cigarette Smoking Man calls him and he's like, we have to talk in person. Your father actually authorized this whole project and he couldn't live with it. And Mulder's like, no, you had him killed. And CSM is like, no, we didn't. And like, I don't care. I just want to know what Scully's doing right now. Cigarette Smoking Man is so not scary.
1: So like that was actually funny because like everyone thinks you're a joke. But then Cigarette Smoking Man really hits Mulder in the daddy issues. So. I got to give him that one. But I, I have a note that I thought was really interesting from um, movie blog about this part, which mm-hmm. was that uh, Cigarette Smoking Man says, expose anything and you only expose your father. Mm-hmm. Hitting him in the daddy issues. Right. Um, and so movie blog said, the Cigarette Smoking Man warns Mulder, articulating an idea that the show returns to time and time, time and again. There's a sense that the sins of the father are visited upon the child. And it's like that concept to me is very interesting because then it kind of weaves this whole web of like this weird um Catholicism tree where like yes, the sins of Bill Mulder are then passed down to Fox Mulder mm-hmm. and then the sins of Mulder are passed down to William. And and like the only reason that the sin that his sins are passed on to William is because of Scully because she was tormented for mm-hmm. the sin of following her temptress, which was obviously conceiving William and having sex with Mulder. So it's like, she then has to, so it's like the whole thing of the story of Eve of how she gave into this temp, this temptation. And then the story is like, the reason because Eve gave into the, into the temptation, that is now why women go through painful childbirth and painful periods yeah. and all of that. And so it's like Scully giving into sleeping with Mulder resulted in a pregnancy which forced her to undergo the pain of um, enduring the pain of childbirth. The trauma of her pregnancy, the insecurity that the baby would, would or wouldn't be human, and ultimately the excruciating act of giving him away. So yep. it's like, and then the other thing, right, is that, which I thought was interesting, is that Eve was created out of Adam's rib, apparently, mm-hmm. and like Scully kind of shot molder in the rib cage region, which I thought was interesting.
0: That is interesting. I mean, that whole point about, like, her just being, like, the parallels between Mulder and Jesus and her being punished for, like, in the same way that Eve is punished is so, like, mind-blowing and disgusting. And, like, like I literally, you're so, like, the way you articulate that is so brilliant. It truly blows my mind every time we talk about it. Thanks. Like, the duality of that being the intention and Scully being one of the most badass feminist characters to ever exist is so like just unsettling and odd and very one's... intriguing. Yeah, it just
1: feels like a major disservice to everything that Scully is.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think what I take away from that is that, like, as an artist, your intent only goes so far because audience and the people who consume your art are going to completely change the meaning sometimes for the better in this case Mm -hmm. because i think the way that women perceive scully and her storyline and kind of take their own agency of defining that um is way more powerful than what the intent was in writing her absolutely Um, and so I think that's a really interesting concept when I was in school studying like English and theater and all of these plays and books and stories and stuff. It's like, like all of the analysis you do is just speculation. It's just finding meaning from, from authors and like actors who have been dead for years. So you Mm -hmm. can't ever know what the intent was, but because you find meaning in it, then that makes it real. Um, So that's like, it's kind of empowering, but also kind of concerning it's empowering as a consumer of art but concerning as a maker of it
1: yeah
0: yeah so cigarette so smoky man gets on a helicopter to go to where i assume molder is um molder gets in the ship slash boxcar i don't really know what that is um, i think it's a boxcar or something okay uh it's like calls- a pipe yeah it was strange and like what's that from
1: there, I was reading articles about this episode, and like there are so many convoluted theories about like what it is, and like how it was relating to what was happening, and then like at the time, and um, it was. I think it was like meant to evoke like Holocaust imagery. Mm. Um, yeah, with the piles of bodies, right? Yeah, in a boxcar. But then there's the um, plaque on top of it that suggests that it was part of the um, Sierra Railroad. Okay. Com- some, Something. But basically, one of the companies, the railroad companies, like in the 20th century or 19th century, I don't remember, whenever railroads were being built for the first mm-hmm. time, and they were trying to expand west in the U.S., They were literally expanding west in manifest destiny like right over native land so it's like then evoking that like tragedy and and that violation right i have no it it was like trying to do a million things at once i really am unsure but (laughs) and because
0: of that it did nothing
1: exactly exactly
0: um Yeah, so he's in the boxcar. He calls Scully. Um, He tells her that there's bodies everywhere, stacked floor to ceiling. I got that that was, like, remnant of the Holocaust, but I didn't understand why, like, what the purpose of that was.
1: And then, like, another article was saying that, like, at the time, I guess, there was, like, they were talking about... um, There was a big... There was controversy over the fact that um, there was data being released or something being released suggesting that... um, um that colonizers um had tested or experimented on Native Americans with the smallpox
0: vaccine
1: right. and like
0: that. So like it's so fucked up to take trauma that actually happened to Native people and make it about a white man. Yeah. Like what? Well and then the thing
1: is is like too, there was another article that was that said that when Albert was talking about the population or the um group of people that vanished mm-hmm. um there was never any speculation that it was by aliens. Like they actually genuinely believed that they were either like killed off or something horrible happened or they were used in an experiment. So it's like the fact that it's like the same thing with Roanoke, you you know, like the story of the first colony in America. Mm -hmm. It's like that, except for those were just a bunch of white people who were in a land where they didn't belong. So it's like, theorizing that they were abducted by aliens is like is fine it feels wrong that we're playing on a theory that native people on their on their land were abducted by aliens after history of them being killed in in genocides and and being brutalized and um oppressed and forced to give up their their indigenous cultures and beliefs and so it's like it feels like with a history like that where they are there there's a history of being traumatized and a history of being brutalized playing on the alien abduction aspect of that is kind of disgusting
0: absolutely it's so disgusting and it completely usurps those important stories that should be told Exactly. And it's so interesting that they're like they're evoking the, the imagery and those in those stories while simultaneously using completely dehumanizing their Native American actors that they're using by making Literally. them play different characters as if nobody's gonna remember them. Like what the fuck? Yeah. There there are so many levels to the problems of this show. Yeah. But I feel like I learn a lot through discussing them. Oh totally. Yeah. Which is a privileged standpoint to take because I'm not personally being traumatized, but he calls Scully. So Scully, yeah, she's on the phone. So Scully tells him that in the files there's reference to experiments conducted in the U.S., tests on humans that are referred to as merchandise. Um, do you want to talk about how she looks here? Yeah, please. Yeah, go for it.
1: Um, I just, like, I thought that the outfit was, like, perfect the way that it was, but then she put on her glasses and... And you approved. of yeah. You know how I like to wear baby doll tops where, like, the shoulders are, like, poofy? Yes. That's what her outfit is, the vibes that her outfit is giving me. And then, like, her glasses, I just, I'm falling for it. You You guys would look
0: so beautiful together walking through Washington, D.C. in your adorable puffy sleeve tops. I think that you would just walk into the White House like that and they'd have to give you both control of the whole world. Just everything. yeah, Just of everything. Just from the sheer power of you guys together. So. Yeah. yeah, That's my dream, oh. to share a baby doll tops with Dana Scully. <laughs> so, Mulder says the bodies aren't human, they're alien. If there were tests done on them, how the fuck are you going to know? I just want to say, too,
1: like, when Cigarette Smoking Man appeared on screen, this whole, like, last bit... He's so fucking goofy, man. Like he's, he's such, such a goof, a goof.
0: He's not like, <laughs> what's your name, boy? Like I he's know. so stupid. Like he's so dumb. <laughs> so Mulder checks all the bodies, and they all have a smallpox vaccination scar. Um, and then right after, he says that the door to the box car shuts, and their phone call drops. The cigarette smoking man. The military people arrive, and they check the box car, and apparently they can't find him in there. So then CSM orders them to burn it. <laughs> and then, he, then he takes the kid. So then we see the boxcar blow up and to be continued. That's the end of the episode. I just wanted to chat
1: briefly about the um, format of this episode if you'd like to chat with me.
0: I would love to chat with you.
1: Because we really see in this episode that Mulder is his own downfall. Like yeah. to the max. Mm-hmm. However... The format is the same. It's it's what they've been doing all along. So like mm-hmm. Mulder going insane was just because he was on LSD the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just an aggravated version of the format that they've used in nearly every episode so far. Yeah. Um, which is Scully doing all or at least a majority of the useful work because Mulder in all his effort is too blinded by his ambition and devotion to the destination. And Scully ultimately saving Mulder from himself. So it's like the format's the same. It's just aggravated because it's like a series finale. It's the season finale. So we have to have Scully shoot him instead of just, you know, talk him down. (laughs) So the only difference is like between this episode and past ones with the format is that in previous episodes, Mulder's only saving Grace so far has been that he um has emulated um, uh, gentleness instead of violence and aggression, which is what mm-hmm. he is embodying in this episode. Yeah. Um, but the end result is is really the same. And um, then I realized that like it's his gentleness that Scully falls in love with and the violence of him in like another form that makes her leave. And I also thought it was interesting that, Um, that is such a major, that's such a major component of their dynamic because he saved Scully or he was a part of, um, giving Scully the faith to, um, save herself when she was abducted, when she came back, when he abandoned violence, Yeah, like when that whole arc happened. So it's like truly the abandoning of violence that, um, That saves him and it's often Scully who
0: brings him back from that that's really powerful yeah so I feel like the moral of the story is um, toxic masculinity kills (laughs) yeah seriously and also is fucking useless and
1: gets nothing done absolutely nothing done Um, and then I found a quote which I think that you will find interesting um, which I think speaks to pretty much the largest narrative in the show um about unfinished endings and Mm -hmm. scully not being allowed to play out her trauma and healing and all of that um so it's from the trauma is out there by ilsa j bick i think Mm -hmm. um And they wrote, um, the X-Files recognizes the futility and the failure of redemptive violence and perhaps of revolution as a means to effect radical change. But the series articulates no solution. Instead, the X-Files returns to loss, whether this loss is something that's that something just out of reach or briefly glimpsed and therefore doubted as reality. These are losses of information, memory, belief, faith, and trust. These are losses of love. These losses are transmuted to a need to understand the trauma out there as a prelude to coming to grips with the trauma in here, which is like, I think just sums up the show so well because the whole focus is on finding some sort of answer to all the trauma that's, that's, that exists in the world. Mm-hmm. while despite the fact that in that process are the two main characters and you know however many other women and however many other people are traumatized within themselves that is never addressed so it's like loss after loss after loss and then there's no solution as to how you how you circumvent that loss how you redeem that loss it's just like they stop there Mm -hmm. it's lost. And then there's no, um, there's no conclusion as to how you come back from that, or there's no solution as to how you then um, initiate change because of that. Like they've made it clear that it's not, that violence isn't the answer. They've made that very clear, Mm -hmm. but then they don't go anywhere from there.
0: I mean, I think that kind of plays on what I hear you say all the time, which is this happens in real life. Why do I want to watch it? Like this is a science fiction television show. Why would I want to watch women being traumatized and and tortured when that is what I'm surrounded by? And so it's like, I think that stories about, I think the purpose of storytelling, especially when you're dealing with really significant palpable issues, is that you should elevate the issue you should mm-hmm. take it and transform it in some way it yeah. should it should take the violence and make it transformative and turn it into something else it doesn't necessarily need to be good but it needs yeah. to transform it in some way otherwise it's just like this is something that happens it's so incomplete there's no it's, then there's no yeah. fucking point you're just adding violence to the world exactly and like i think the issue too is
1: like people want to watch to see the two underdogs succeed in some way yeah and like they don't ever like exactly. not even not even in a person not even personally they don't even succeed romantically so it's yeah. like what is you know i think that when you ask people why they are drawn to the show you never hear them say oh it's because like it's an underdog story
0: no Because I like like how
1: much they've overcome. Like, they they overcome and, like, that's it. They're never... They just overcome to face another hurdle.
0: Exactly. And, like, I know I, at least in my first watch of the show, found it really pleasing seeing how much Scully is able to survive. Like, what she's able to overcome. But you don't see how she overcomes anything. Which I think creates this unrealistic standard for women where it's, like, you can experience pain and you're strong enough to get through it but you can't show anybody how it, how you do it you can't exactly. you can't show that you're struggling you just have to do you have to suffer silently and heal quietly and out of the way and there's no and there's no there's no end mm-hmm. it never
1: ends for her so it's exactly. like at a certain point it becomes like she overcomes something and then you you start waiting for what's going to come next yep which like yep. that's not hopeful to watch no it may be realistic exactly Especially but- for marginalized people watching and and women watching you know it might be mm-hmm. realistic it might um be it might fall into that like um survival mechanism that all marginalized people and that women have where you're kind of like always you can't you're always on guard for your mm-hmm. own safety like it might play into that but yeah. it's like why would you want to watch that in a TV show, and why would you want to watch a woman that you are um, invested like identifying in? Identifying with, yeah, go through that.
0: If it's not going to turn into anything, if there's not, if it's not going to transform yeah. in some way, which it doesn't.
1: I think the one of my biggest issues, and like I get that the show wasn't about their personal lives, but it's like the amount of moments where we see Scully experience, and even Mulder. But you know, obviously, I'm more invested in Scully's story. The, the amount of moments where we see Scully just able to completely surrender to moments of joy can be counted on half a hand. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally. That's so shitty and well, that's it's so, like, like, upsetting.
0: Those kind of emotional intimacies and, like, small, like, domestic moments are deemed feminine and mundane and so they they aren't seemed like they're not interesting to watch when in reality it's that in combination with all the other like supernatural conspiracy shit that makes a well-rounded show yep and well-rounded characters but i think like the x-files was so caught up in
1: being such a trailblazer in the way that they um made television that was very much like film yeah Um, like every week that they completely got lost in any development of storylines or characters or anything.
0: I agree. But wow, what an episode that makes you think about that stuff. Yeah, seriously. That's the episode. That's the episode. Um, and the next one, if I remember right, starts with Mulder monologuing in the stars. So that'll be fun. Jesus Christ. Do you want to do Jillian's Corner? Yes. Do you want to sing? Yes. Okay, yay. But... uh, but- Ba, 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 da, ba. Jillian's corner. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay, so
1: for um Jillian's corner today, we're gonna be doing we're gonna be um yelling at David Duchovny because this man <laughs> um did an uh, interview on March 26, 2021. Basically, just being a good old, you know, classic, OG asshole. Um, he pulled. He pulled out all the stops. He said, "Gaslight gatekeep grow boss," but it's not for him, so it doesn't work. Exactly. Um, yeah, and he basically gaslit Jillian Anderson and her decision to. Um, put an expiration date on her portraying Scully and being involved in the X files. This is nothing new. Interviewers do this all the time. um, Mm. Just by the sheer act of asking her time and time again, whether or not she's going to do more X files or if there are more X files in the future, despite the fact that she very clearly and very consistently has said no since like 2018
0: Like, I truly can't
1: believe that after
0: she won, was it the Golden Globe this year, Mm -hmm. that they were, that was still a question. I know. And it's interesting because
1: even her response to the question, is is there going to be more X-Files, becomes an issue in and of itself because I don't know that she's ever elaborated. I think she always just says no, period
0: like if, if, if
1: she's going to be a part of it she just exactly is. and um that that answer alone because she's a woman and because she doesn't feel the need to elaborate or w- talk around herself um becomes an issue as well because people don't like women who are um who use brevity and clarity and we don't Uh, second-guess themselves and have very clear and distinct decisions
0: exactly people don't like when women say no
1: so whole sentence and apparently neither did David Duchovny Mm -hmm. because I'll read the part in the article David said he's not ruling out an ex return like his former co-star Jillian Anderson did in January of 2018. Anderson told reporters at the Television Critic Association's Winter Press tour back then that, quote, it's time for me to hang up Scully's hat. It just is. I'm finished. And that's the end of that. So this is a quote from David. He said, quote, I never say no I don't know why. I mean, I understood why Jillian was saying no at the end, but nobody was asking us. It was like she was saying no to nothing. Nobody said, come back and do another year. Except they did. Many, 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 many times. And then, despite the fact that she said no, your friend, Chris Carter, um, (laughs) tried to suggest that she didn't yeah what did he say
0: in that article, in that podcast or whatever the fuck
1: he basically said that like the reason the show ended the way that it did was because jillian let him know after the series had already aired that she wasn't interested in doing more and he had always anticipated that there would be more so that he could close out the storyline in a better way which is just so objectively false he and knew before bullshit, the series
0: was done that that was her last season i know
1: and oh, we talked thank- about that. Thankfully, the article did um, correct him, and it didn't just um, what do you call it? It didn't just publish what he said. Yeah, they absolutely corrected the facts in the article, which was good. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is just so fucked on so many levels. Um, and we've been wanting to talk about it because I genuinely was just in awe, and I was so shocked that he said this. Yeah when it came out
0: well it's just so it's it's just so blatantly gaslighting and invalidating and um clearly like oh well i don't know why she'd say no like as if your experience as as if david Duchovny's experience on the x-files was the same as hers Mm -hmm. she was still like offered to be paid less coming back for the revival much less all of the pay and equity um during the original run of the show um there was pregnancy discrimination there was a lot happening and she has a right to sit be done when she wants to be done and who is he to comment on that at all Mm -hmm. like you can just be like i know jillian said that she doesn't want to but i would still be okay doing more
1: yeah like and and that's the thing it's like you can it's so clearly a projection of why both him and Chris Carter um, are keeping the possibility open um, because um, they are uncomfortable with the fact that Gillian Anderson doesn't need to do the X-Files anymore. And she doesn't need the X-Files as a hinge um, for which her career is bouncing on and the fact that he was so both him and chris were so uncomfortable with the fact that jillian could say no and firmly and unflinchingly stand by that is telling but Mm -hmm. it's really um incredible for to see jillian stand by that yeah i think that's amazing
0: i mean truly like when in the golden globes thing when the person asked um if she'd be doing more x files and she said no they said, "Oh." that's it that's the answer okay like they could not fathom that no was her full sentence and she just sat in that completely in her power and that's mm-hmm. so empowering to see yeah absolutely i agree so despite fucking this male stupidity everywhere yay for her being in her power and being able to stand by that
1: yeah and also feeling like she's at a point in her career where um where she can say, where she can choose to walk away from this. Because at a certain point, as we know from what she said, um, she very much so felt like she was kind of in the hands of Fox and in the hands of this show. And now I very much so think it's the other way around. And that's incredible to see.
0: Yeah, what? A, how the
1: turntables. How the turns have tabled. <laughs> so what
0: are, our little, what are our little phrases gonna be? Eat a bagel with real cream cheese, say no as a full sentence. We love you. We'll see you next time on The The Sex -Files. Files. Bye!